Beginning the Trek, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. Hi, everybody. Hi. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That's right. This comes out on Valentine's Day. It does. And I'm kind of excited because uh, having watched the episode, uh, well, for those of you who have, and we obviously suggest that you do, even if it's not your first time, go back, rewatch it. It's a good one. And there's a little bit of love in it. There's a, there's a, yeah, it's actually a, a kind of a love story to a couple of things. Certainly it's a love letter to, to, uh, a favorite character. Yeah. Tasha Yar. Uh, so, uh, this is beginning the track episode 21 yesterday's enterprise from the, uh, next generation. And, uh, my name is Andy. I am the Trek veteran. I like that. I'm Jessica, and I am the newbie, although I have now run across people who have seen less Star Trek than I have, so I'm feeling not quite as newbie as I used to feel. Well, you certainly get what Star Trek's about now, and you're kind of along for the ride, so at least we know we've got that. Yeah. It's true. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, your, your resume is still—we're still expanding your resume, and today it's—today— Today. It's yesterday's Enterprise. So do you want to go ahead and spoil that for everyone with your synopsis? I will. Or maybe just remind everybody what happens in this one. I, well, I will. So, so before I do the actual synopsis, I am going to, for the final official ever time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I know is, what's coming. This is the one, folks. <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Tasha Yar died in season one. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, guys, for all of your, your being patient with me. This is it. It's, uh, that's the, this is the last time we have to give that spoiler um, at all. For, for reals. realsies. For realsies. For realsies. All right. Is, is that the only spoiler? The only other spoiler I have is the 10-cent synopsis. So, uh, and it's mine this week, so uh, I'm ready to go. Do it. A lonely wharf sits alone in 10 forward until Guinan shows up with a warrior's drink and some advice. And then a hole appears in space, prompting a foreboding no from Guinan's lips. During a beautifully presented moment, which is also potentially confusing if this is the first time that you've seen a third season episode, a starship flies through the strange hole and everything gets a fast makeover, including our security chief. Spoiler alert, Tasha Yar is not dead and she acts like she belongs there with everyone else. What doesn't belong is that there are these weird uniforms and the bridge has had a makeover. And by the way, we've been at war with the Klingons for two decades. We have to deal with this ship. And it turns out this is the previous version of the Enterprise, the NCC-1701C, Rachel Garrett in command, lost 22 years ago and arrived in this time via the time hole anomaly thingy. Guinan has a feeling, and when Guinan has a feeling, people listen, and this time, it's a feeling that this is all wrong, and Picard better do something about it right now. Picard's only option is to send the Enterprise of yesterday back through the time rift. Rift! Yes, that's it. It's called a temporal rift, and thus set everything right. Oh, yeah. Certain death awaits them because the Romulan attack and the Klingon outpost and all that other timey-wimey stuff. But what's important is that yesterday's Enterprise will be destroyed moments after it returns. But it will also potentially avert 20 years of war. Guinan has another feeling. This one about Tasha and she shares, even though she wasn't around for Skin of Evil. And she knows about the meaningless death of Tasha and Tasha believes each and every word. After a sneak attack by the Klingons, the death of Captain Garrett, and a quick almost romance between Tasha and Lieutenant Castillo, Tasha requests Picard transfer her to Enterprise C to give her death actual meaning. A heroic Picard and an Enterprise D hold back the Klingon attack while yesterday's Enterprise, Tasha aboard, limps slowly back through the temporal rift and finally everything is set right, leaving Guinan to ask Jordy, tell me about Tasha Yar. Oh, as is the appropriate reaction for Valentine's Day. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> this, gosh, this is so action-packed. It's just incredible. I love this show. I love this episode. Uh, well, let's talk more. So Tasha Yar, she's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard Tasha Yar died? <laughs> Let's talk episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you want? I mean, do you want to start with that? I think that's fine. I think that's a great way. I'm so tired of the Tasha Yar spoiler. We're gonna come up with a brand new spoiler after this episode, and there is one. We'll get to it later. Does it have to do with Tasha Yar? Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh no. You but can't... she's dead. Y- yes. Yeah. Well. She she certainly went back through, well... Oh, this is one of those time travel, is she, isn't she? It's all timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly, you know? It's, it's true. It's, this whole episode is like, it's like a tribute to, to two things. It's a tribute to Tasha Yar and to Denise Crosby. Mm-hmm. And it's a tribute to something that I think Star Trek does better than almost any science fiction out there, which is time travel. And they do it... Yeah. So unique. Well, they do it so many different ways, and that they do. Yeah, and 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 whether they all make the one hundred percent logic sense, or if we have to deal with paradoxes or loops or any of that stuff, each one tells kind of an interesting story that lets you beat it up. And that's one of the things I love about this episode is it's all about the time travel. <laughs> I disagree. I think this one was particularly good, not necessarily because of the time travel, but kind of in spite of it. It was really good because of the characters and the story. We finally got an action-packed adventure. This was this had real action, like bricks falling on people action, which was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, br- bricks falling on people, Klingons coming in and shooting up the, the, the ship, cool anomaly effects with that with thing, that, worm spinning hole thing. The, the time hole. Sure. <laughs> I can't, you know, I took a lot of notes and I cannot believe that I don't remember exactly what they called it. The It's it's a temporal anomaly, right? They always call them a temporal anomaly. That's when it, whenever right. they're not and sure. And if you can throw in the word tachyon or something like that, that's always a good sign. It's, you know, you just got to stay one step ahead of the scientists. <laughs> well, luckily you can say, okay, this is fiction. And therefore I get to put all of my brain on pause and just agree with everything that's going on. I don't need to explain it all away. Although there is some irony uh, in why they do what they do as characters, because if you look at it from that point of view, as if this person was real, then you get into the thing of, I'm glad we've already done our synopsis, because if you haven't seen it, it won't make any sense. But does the Tasha Yar of this time really care that much that in a whole nother timeline... She died senselessly. And apparently the answer is very much yes, because she's willing to die to make another thing, another timeline that won't, that she, it makes, it doesn't make any sense to me that she would do that. But if she's, but she does. Well, you got to take it another step with her is from her perspective, if they're successful, if when Enterprise C goes back through the time rift, oh, it's a time rift. I remember. Okay. <laughs> um, if they go, <laughs> so proud of myself for that. If they go back through the time rift and every and this timeline ceases to exist, she'll be dead. She'll be gone anyway. Right. So from her perspective, if that works, she's already dead. So her believing Guinan. I mean, and it's interesting because. Guinan shows up in season two. She never did get to meet Tashi Yar. Right, right. Uh, which is what makes this episode like, oh my God, that that last line. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Um, that Guinan had never gotten to meet her. Oh, I was on a point and I lost my point when I, when I, I derailed Mentioned my Guinan and you got misty about. How Guinan had never met Tasha. I did. I got, I got misty about that last moment. From Tasha, from Tasha's point of view, it made her death meaningful. Well, but from Tasha's point of view, she's going to be dead and gone. If, if it's, she must have had a very special relationship with Guinan in that timeline. Oh, okay. I see. When Guinan's talking with her, she, she's pulling it out of her. It's, there, there was a, 
even though there was a lack of there's like a, a familiarity and a lack of familiarity going on at the same time through the whole thing. Um, Guinan looking at her like, I know you, but I shouldn't know you mm-hmm. kind of thing, even before they have the conversation and how, how Tasha has to coax, coax it out mm-hmm. of her before she finally says, you're not supposed to be here at all. You know, you're supposed to be dead and it's a senseless death. And there's just no doubt in Tasha's mind. That that's real and that's right and that's true. But that's, yep. yeah. Like the minute she hears that, she just knows. And that's why and, and it's almost like there's no other choice except to go back and at least make my death worth something. All right. I guess I can see. Of course, going back and making her death worth something means that she actually went back and made a death for herself that wasn't worth something she did the same thing that the crew of the enterprise c did no not necessarily because the truth is that the enterprise c was actually just going back to where it belonged yes so they didn't experience 20 years of being alive and knowing and this is the way things are and developing all of this self and then being told oh yeah those 20 years aren't real they went from, we went from here to here. We don't belong here. Now we're going back. And yes, we're going to die. We were going to die anyway. And the truth is, if they stuck around, they were going to die. Probably. Yeah. Because, yeah. I don't know how much of a huge sacrifice it was. It was going to be happening anyway. You're talking about because the war had not been going well. Right. Well, and then those other Klingon sh- ships show up in the end that were they, they, they weren't going to, uh, immediately after that, the Enterprise is going to die too. Like all of the Enterprises are going to die. <laughs> well, and that's that's what ended up happening was was in the end Picard made the same choice too. I'm staying here to protect the Enterprise C, right? So it can get through because I believe in it that much too. There was a lot of faith that what Guinan believed was real. That was an amazing moment, actually. I know we've talked about uh, the the original series that that one moment when Kirk apologizes to Uhura and what a powerful moment that was for the time. I think that this is up there because he he almost yells at her. It's not, he does yell at her. It's not enough. He does. It's not enough. He needs more convincing. And the truth is that they probably could have had the same conversation with data and data would have said, here's the logic of it all. And probably could have convinced Picard. Like they could have done that. But instead what they did was they took a woman, not in a position of power and put it opposite captain Picard. And even when he says it's not enough, it was enough because he trusted her. That was a really, really great moment. It's beautiful. And yeah. That is a really, really special relationship. Yeah, they, what they have together is obviously very special. And it transcends timelines. does, yes. Which I really like, too. Because technically, technically, that's not our Picard. That's the Picard of that timeline. That's true. And that's not our Riker. And, that's, and it's, it, it might be our Guinan. I can't quite tell how like like there might be some threads of our Guinan running through all the Guinans of all the you know that can like sense that stuff mm-hmm. I don't know how she senses it it was interesting how as soon as the time rift opened up she said you know she looked at it and says no like like there's a pr- that's not right. good yeah that's wrong and then it happens and she loses track of the no she loses track of the what happened there and suddenly is back to serving drinks. I got to say that this, um, as a first time watcher, it was incredibly confusing. So be prepared. I'm going to talk about how I saw that scene and tell me where I got wrong. Okay. So sure. I'm, we're, only, uh, we're only really like, what, five episodes into The Next Generation, right? I think this is number seven. Really? Am I that far off? We had, oh, you're right. Cause I'm, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So seven and that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right. Like, like we are halfway through our next generation. This is the halfway point. It, it means I've skipped a lot of like all of, all of you guys who have watched the first and second seasons and you've really grown to this thing. Um, when, it, when it, when the enterprise, our enterprise, our timeline enterprise that we're used to seeing our Picard and our uniforms, 
and then you have this uh, time hole rift space wormhole thing pop up. Yes. Yes. I'm going to say that that's the technical name, even though I know it's not. The old Enterprise comes through. Uh-huh. So I thought, okay, we have new Enterprise and old Enterprise from the past. Yes. It pans back and there's the new Enterprise from the new timeline. So my assumption as a first viewer was... You mean with Picard was, standing on the bridge? Yes. And all of a sudden we see... Tasha Yar standing behind uh, him. New uniforms... We saw Tasha Yar, and I'm like, okay, this is this is the old Enterprise that came through. Ah. And then it showed an old Enterprise that was in distress. And I was like, oh my God, where is our Picard? And it took me a yeah. probably longer than it should have for my brain to realize there's only two ships and our Enterprise turned into new timeline Enterprise. Yes. Because I thought that old Enterprise and then there was another old Enterprise. I think two things are going on. I, I get it. I totally get your confusion. All right. So this part of this is the pitfall of... That we're doing 52 across right, and I'm six missing different a little series, bit. right? Yeah. Is that you, this is the first episode that you're seeing from the third season, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Did they change the uniforms or is that just the new timeline uniform stuff? <laughs> no, that's the new timeline uniforms. But you didn't, mm. you saw the opening scene yes. with Worf and Guinan. And that's very casual mm-hmm. and uh, on 10 forward, which is a familiar sp- setting for you, but you haven't seen those two interact and of it's course. fun with the prune juice. And then, and then he comes up to the bridge and it's our enterprise and they're in our uniforms. They still are. Mm-hmm. And he stands in his station behind Picard and they do this. And I love this moment. And you prob I'm actually going to request that you might want to go back and watch at least this part, the opening part again, because it's so beautiful how they did it. Mm -hmm. They've got Worf framed in the background with Picard, the back of Picard's head looking at him. And Picard turns around and his entire head covers Worf completely. Then they cut to the outside and they show the Enterprise C. From 20 years ago. The old Enterprise from 22 years ago Mm -hmm. with Rachel Garrett in command flow through, which you probably mistook for that's our Enterprise, Mm -hmm. the one that you're familiar with. I wasn't sure what that was. I thought it was the old Enterprise, but then. And then they did that weird, they do a weird like wavy thing Mm -hmm. where like reality kind of quickly shifts and then comes back into focus and it's darker. And it's back to Picard's face, the same angle, and he turns back, and instead of Worf being There's there, Tasha Yar. it's Tasha Yar. Yeah. So what happened in that moment, the way that it all went, was the Enterprise C is no longer able to protect Narendra Three. The Klingons are pissed at the Federation for not having done anything about it. They go to war with us. And we're at war for 20 years. So what I saw that I didn't know that I saw that I would definitely see now if I rewatched it was our Enterprise literally being overrun by a different timeline. Exactly. So this wasn't these timelines are existing next to each other or anything like that. It's like this got replaced. Exactly. And if you watch that, and that's the moment, and it's such a, I get that the confusion may have, may have um, been a little much. Cause I know you understood once you got into the story. Oh, yeah. Once, like, oh. once it got past that, I was like, okay, here's what happened in that moment. I was like, Oh my God, where did we go? <laughs> and and that's yeah. what happens. You'll see Picard's face and then you'll see like a weird wave come across his kind of almost like shoot through his face. And then it comes back into focus and it's dark and they got the different uniforms mm. and he turns around and there's Tasha Yar mm. new timeline. Literally. Yeah, exactly that. So every, everybody has just, had a had a different 22 years than the 22 years that they originally had. And yet somehow all of them ended up on the Enterprise, except for Worf, who of course is a Klingon, but may have been on one of those ships shooting at us. Probably was. They should have done that. They could have used his voice for the for the captain of the other ship. Surrender and prepare to be boarded. They could have used his voice. 
I've put away so many of my questions that I think I'm not even questioning this, these kinds of decisions because yeah, if you think about it, like wouldn't data have his own ship? Wouldn't Riker have his own? He'd be in command of his own ship if they're that desperate for at, at that point. Yes. Yeah. It does. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not questioning it, these it's things. It's similar to the mirror universe. Okay. So, you know, t- although things happen completely differently over there than over here, we all are still kind of together when we show up. So yeah, that's the way Star Trek is. It works. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's part of the, the it's part of the suspension of disbelief, uh, and you know, this is this is coming out on Valentine's Day, right? It is. Yes, which is so awesome because it is. It, it, this is a love letter to Tashiar, mm-hmm. and this is a love story for Tashiar. Well, yeah. Yes, in 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 kind of every single way, because they, even though if you, if you take this episode and you kind of take it, nothing happens if you take this episode. So it didn't, it didn't happen, literally the entire thing, except it had to have happened so that it could happen so that we could have the timeline that we have. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> but the minute that it happened. It's a little like yesteryear from the animated series. Yeah, exactly. But the minute that it happened, it didn't happen. So did it ever actually happen or did it never happen? I hate time travel. <laughs> my brain. And the, the thing is, when we start talking track about time travel, my brain is going to get so much more confused. So yes, this is totally a uh, love letter to Tasha Yar and she gets to be everything that I never got to see her be at all. Right. The I thought it was interesting, the parallel between starting out uh, the scene between Guinan and Worf, mm-hmm. which yes, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. Um, but it also introduces the, the relationships on board. He's lonely. Picard has got to be lonely in all of the, aside from city on the edge of forever. Yeah. The original series and what I've seen of the next generation has been flirtatious, but not at all a love story. Yes. And Natasha Yar meeting Richard Castillo. Yes. That's the lieutenant. Very good. Yeah. Hey. Castillo. Otherwise known as Shooter McGavin. Who's that? Shooter McGavin from uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh. Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler movie. Oh, yeah. I can't see anything. I can't see anything but that now. This, this over tanned golfer that is just an asshole. Mm. And here he shows up as this, you know. Sweetheart. Lieutenant. Yeah. Yeah, this total sweetheart, right? That's like an hero. Brave and epic, yes. I'll take the command. Don't worry about it, sir. I got it. I really did think that she was going to get command. If he was a lieutenant and she was, I thought she was going to become the interim captain and then that's how it was going to play. So that was interesting that for 30 seconds or two minutes or however long it takes for them to die, she's going to make a difference. Well, like I said, there's a spoiler. (laughs) And I have to get to it because it's it's relevant to another episode that we're going to see further down the line. But for here, Guinan, Worf, and then Guinan, Worf. Um, not having relation or not having flirtations or cutesy kind of one-off relationships with aliens, but an actual and real, like Tasha and Richard, it seems weird to call him that. His mom calls him that. I should just say Castillo. <laughs> Tasha and Castillo. Tasha calls him that. <laughs> not my place. <laughs> You seem to have something like, and, and I know it was invented for the story and for her so that she could die and we, we could feel something, but it seems really real. Like they built it up really well. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very, it felt very natural. Yes. Even though it happened in such a, you know, I mean, how long were they there? A few hours, a couple of days, I maybe a, a day or two. At most. I don't remember how long Picard said, but it wasn't that long that they were going to be able to stay before, you know, and try and get it, get it going again. No, it, it wasn't. But, but there was just, it was that intense connection between the two of them that happened. And it felt very real. Yeah. I, I love it first sight. But it's, it was really beautiful to see on screen. I believed it. I be, I totally believed it between those two. If there was any time, yeah. they probably would have had a scene like that, but there wasn't any time. Uh, which this episode was really, really good about the urgency of everything. Even 
even when it takes the old Enterprise forever to get back through the wormhole rift gate thing. Right. Limping. Limping. Just like, we're going to chug along here. I want what the Enterprise D should have done, what Picard should have done was like tractor beam pushed the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been faster. Why is that taking so long to get there? So that the our new timeline Enterprise could also be heroic, I guess. Right, well, and and Picard, uh, you know, I mean, there are some good quotes in this, but let history never forget the name Enterprise, and that'll be the day when the the surrender thing when the Klingons demand for the for a surrender, and he's like, that'll be the day, and you know, the bridge is on fire, and Riker is dead, and he like hops out of his chair and he jumps back to the security station to keep firing. He did. He fully hopped. Yes. It's like you are going that is a captain going down with his ship. I dug that a lot. I dug him a lot at that moment. Yes. Sorry, I'm really excited about that. I think this was such a fun episode and it was a great exit for her. I agree. She needed to die heroically if she was going to die. Here's the funny thing though is with all you see or with all I've seen of her character and I only got like snippets of and some of it was like pretty bad um and then it got good and then she's dead and and now she's dead again so um or still with all she still had to build the intensity of her dying or the the entire thing had to build the intensity of all of that sacrifice over just that one episode and maybe it was a little bit easier because she's familiar from people who were already fans and we're starting to see it get good but uh but for me this is all way, way later, 30 years, 20 years, however long it's been, um, that she still had in this one episode to build and make me care. And they and they totally did it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, and she only had about 15 episodes that you didn't get to see before. So it wasn't that much anyway? No. I mean, she died in, I think it was episode 19. Skin of Evil was 18 or 19 episodes in. Uh, and she just she just didn't want to be the I.I. Sir person. And mm -hmm. the, you know, whatever, whatever she, they needed the hothead to go run and do. Um, and she wanted more to do. And, and they had talked about, and this is in the video, they talked about how th at that point the formula was the captain, the first, the, the number one. And mm -hmm. data and mm -hmm. all the story, just like the the triumvirate of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. You got mm -hmm. a new triumvirate, and we do most of our shows about those people and the others we bring in. Now it turns far more ensemble, and they and it gets better as they do. Yeah. So so um, one of the things I loved was the subtle changes that happened between the and maybe not so subtle. I mean you. You got you actually got confused by it. Did they change right. it? Because it, it was this was the first step. Is okay. So maybe I did you a little bit wrong. This is like an anti spoiler. I should have let you know the ship doesn't look any different. <laughs> no, I mean I caught I caught up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah you did. But but it's it, I'm I'm like a little disappointed because that transition moment. Mm -hmm. I'm I didn't. It's so beautiful, right. and and maybe I was I don't even remember whether I was confused my first time, but I know that now if I'm texting or cooking and that's on, I know when it comes to that moment, get my butt in front of the TV because that is a cool effect and moment. Mm -hmm. Like the framing of that shot is just like beautiful. Go back and watch it, please. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. This, this is one I have absolutely no problem. I'll go back and watch. Oh, I should give... A rating. Four out of five prune juice glasses. Yeah! Yeah. Warrior drink. Sure. Sure. If Worf says so. Four out... Well, <laughs> it's prune juice. You, you, you want to correct him? It's tough. You want to sit down and say, it's not. It's like a child's drink. It's what you eat when you need to poop. Um, I kind of do because apparently he also has the thought that no woman can handle him. And uh, it's really sweet the way Guinan very like sweetly nudges him out of that idea. <laughs> it, we, see, we didn't get much wharf in this episode. And I know. and We, we have not gotten any wharf. I'm just going to put that out there he's kind of, I've been like the last one of the ones that of all of them, mm -hmm. of all of the characters, where yeah. we just haven't learned anything about him. There's nothing to talk about there yet. Cause he's been in the background, but he's coming out. Uh, and we made him completely disappear after the first scene. 
in this episode. Yeah, he did. Gone. And then, you know, you just get to be in the back of the bridge when we come back to reverse the effect Mm -hmm. when the sea goes back through the time rift, the time hole. What do we call it? Time rift, right? That's what we decided? Sure. Okay. I've just been making up words every time I say it. (laughs) The time thing. The TARDIS. It goes into the TARDIS, which is much bigger on the inside. Did it have the subtle change going back? I don't even know if I noticed that. Yes. It, it, it goes It goes completely back to the Enterprise that you're familiar with, mm-hmm. with Worf in the back behind mm-hmm. Picard's head again. He's it, Like he's answering the question that Picard asked him when he disappeared. So it just continues from that moment. Right. What is this time hole thing? Exactly. And he says, nope, there was something there, but now it's gone. Right. And then you get that uh, moment. And then you get the moment. Then the you end. get that moment with Guinan saying, is everything all right? And then they did something that I wish they wouldn't have done with Geordi LaForge. I wish they would have done it with Data, mm. where Guinan sits down and asks about Tasha Yar. Yeah. And I wish she would have asked Data. I'm not sure whether she would have known about that relationship. Certainly Data kept it very private, and it's not like he's hanging out but at the bar. we know as viewers. But we as viewers, wow, that would have been the perfect person. Yes. See? I'm not wrong. <laughs> Yeah, they might have missed that opportunity, but e- either way, it was all about her curiosity about Tasha. Sure. Just, you know, because Guinan knows something happened. She may not know much, but now she has this maybe vague recollection right. of having met Tasha, right. of having interacted with her, just enough to know that she's curious. Isn't it a beautiful, beautiful story? It is. Yeah. When Guinan does... I think she must have, with as much time travel and the amount of ways that they do it, I think Guinan, if she's got part of her brain protected from all of the time travel or if she can sense these things, she her brain must be actually in crazy mode all the time because it happens so often that... Or she's learned over time maybe, to, maybe. to filter it, to... To control it, or or she's. It's only when something's something's off. But here's the thing: it's really interesting that she would. The time rift would happen, and that that's the moment she would say things are wrong. Because technically, in that timeline, things have been wrong for twenty years, and she doesn't seem like she's been spending the twenty years saying, "No, no, this is wrong. I don't know what's wrong." And then when this moment finally happens, it should have been like, "That's what was wrong. This moment was what made it wrong." These entire 20 years. They all had memories of 20 years. Right. Certainly Guinan knew what a TKL was, whatever the heck that is. So, so, um, timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. wobbly Yep. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're going to go with that. Uh, probably for a lot more in the future, too, because I know these are really great episodes, but yeah, as some of it, you just kind of have to be like, okay, I accept that. Yeah. Um, would you like me to give you the new spoiler regarding Tasha? We have a new spoiler. I'm no longer, go- I will no longer be spoiling that Tasha Yar died. <laughs> I may spoil that Tasha Yar died again. Are you going to spoil that Tasha Yar died again, again? Yeah, but, but here's the thing. Okay. You don't actually know what happened when they went back through the hole. That's true. We just know that it got reset. So they did enough to prevent a war. Yes. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a minor spoiler and I'm going to give you an opportunity to go and and watch these episodes at some point. If you choose to, you don't have to there, there it's, but, but Denise Crosby will be coming back as a Romulan human hybrid, the daughter of Tasha Yar and the daughter of a Romulan military officer, because Tasha Yar is not going to die when she goes back through that rift. Of course not. She's going to all of this real love that we're talking about having with Castillo and she runs off with a Romulan eventually. Oh, that sounds like Valentine's Day. Well, he dies. Unfortunately, he dies in the battle. Oh. Or so so Castillo. So maybe doesn't... the Romulan like helps her grieve. So, so the ones get captured and there's something there and, and they talk about it and the, the bottom line is is that it comes as a big, big surprise when suddenly this this Romulan looking human Romulan hybrid with weird Romulan hair mm-hmm. looking very much like Tasha Yar. <laughs> 
shows up. Looking like Tasha Yar or looking like Denise Crosby? Well, Denise Crosby. Okay. Denise Crosby. And her name is Sila. Uh, and she is in an episode that she first shows up in the episode Redemption. And Redemption is a two-part episode that happens between seasons four and five. Okay. So five. actually not that far Especially in this journey. Right. Okay. Right. We're not going to be watching Redemption. However, we will be watching an episode where Sela does show up. And that's why I had to spoil this for you now. Fair enough. The story is in Redemption. If you want to go back and watch Redemption, you can. Okay. I don't want to spoil any more. I mean, God, I just like dropped a major bomb. Tashiar didn't die immediately going through the time rift. So her death really wasn't the thing that saved them all. All this talk about sacrifice. Well, it was her willingness to go back and die. Okay. You're right. Still courageous. They were all going to die anyway. Okay. There's, there's there's just one thing that I wanted to say, which is like one of the all-time coolest lines in the history of the show. This is not a ship of war. This is a ship of peace. I love Guinan. She's actually just saying things that Picard has said before. It's almost like she's reminding him. Reminding him of who he doesn't know that he is in this timeline because he's been at war. I really kind of liked the warrior thing, though. I did. There was something, it was was very action-packed and intense and everybody's getting things done. There wasn't just like this, like lay around and have meeting rooms kind of vibe. It was was a lot more intense. I liked that. Yeah. Action-packed. Talking track. Star Trek is like that, that it has enough going on in it that you can nitpick it apart and like it for completely different reasons that somebody else has nitpicked it apart and likes it for something completely other than what you like it for. Absolutely. It's that's so rare that anything goes on for long enough that people can do that. Well, every episode is somebody's favorite. Every episode is somebody's least favorite. Every episode um, has uh, opinions of what we did right and and opinions of what we did wrong, and they don't always agree. And, you know, we got, I don't even know how many podcasts and and fan shows. Oh, so many. You know, and they're still making it today. So somebody Mm. thinks this stuff might have a bit of longevity to it, you know. Just a little. A little tiny bit. Just a couple decades or six. (laughs) Wow. Six. It's in its sixth sixth decade now wow that is that is i love this show so we're we are now halfway through we're halfway through the 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 next generation the next generation not the whole thing yes but we're getting surprisingly close to halfway through our entire track uh but Mm -hmm. we're halfway through the next generation every episode going forward is going to be a different form of Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Because like we it. now yes. know who all these these folks are. You understand the situations. Mm-hmm. Tell me what your thoughts are of Next Generation now. These last few that we have done, I mean, aside from Q, I don't know. I, I get why people like them, but I don't particularly like it. <laughs> In my brain, I can understand. You like this, but the actual attraction isn't there. And I think that's how I feel right now in this moment about the Next Generation as a whole. Now, maybe at the end that could change, but I don't think I have found my Trek yet. And I've heard other Trekkies say that, like, this is my Trek. And this one is really good. It started, and it's especially starting to get really, really good. And I know that because I we only get 52, that I'm going to see mm-hmm. the best of them. And that's awesome. And I'm yeah. going to enjoy these episodes. I don't know if it's going to hit home. I'm, I'm still waiting for that one that's like, no, this is this is the one that I am in love with. So I'm excited for that to happen because apparently it's going to happen. Like it happens to everybody. It, it does. And, and you know, the, the fun part is, is you get to rank them too. You get to say, well, right. you know, cause, cause I've got them ranked. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm still a Kirk guy, mm-hmm. uh, but Captain Sisko, Commander Sisko, who becomes captain later at Deep Space Nine is like, I just love that guy now. Patrick Stewart's phenomenal as an Amazing. actor. Yes. But so is Kate Mulgrew. And mm-hmm. what she does as Janeway is so powerful and so unique. And she brings 
captaining back to the Kirk way of doing things. She goes on the landing parties. She does the action. She's the one that's that's in the muck with with whatever there is to deal with. That rocks too, you know? So uh, I've got a t-shirt that's got, who's your captain? I don't even get, that's going to happen like after we're all done. So you're still looking for your trek. I got it. Yeah, I think so. And, and the best of next generation is still yet to come. And even the, you know, the, the worst of the group is still got amazing pearls to offer, regardless of which series it is. I said the, the same thing about the original series, though. But by the time you get to the movies, it's just like, ah, oh, that was really good. So yeah. I know it's coming. I know I know it's coming. Um, and w- when it happens, I have no doubt that everyone will hear me gushing about it. And you'll be like, oh, OK, that's the one. <laughs> this is this is her track. I just want to mention Denise Crosby. Again? I just wanted to mention that this woman has 97 IMDb acting credits, including um, uh, 15 episodes of Ray Donovan. She was a guest on shows like Castle, Walking Dead, Mad Men, Bones. My favorite Denise Crosby outside of Star Trek moment is when she was Dexter's first victim. Really? Yes. The huh. nurse that he kills. Mm-hmm. As a little kid. That, yeah, when he was younger and they, she was poisoning people and he discovers it and he thinks she's going to poison his adopted father. And mm. so that becomes his first victim. And that's Denise Crosby. So I just love her. I think she's she shows up. And she's done like Star Trek Online and Star Trek video games. She's, she's That woman left Star Trek and had a powerful career as an actress. Awesome. Can we talk time travel? Okay, can we? Just as How I, many I, hours like, do you have? <laughs> like, I just wanted to talk about Star Trek and how Star Trek does time travel. Okay. And because I know that you, you already said, do you really not like time travel? I would prefer it if a show would at least stick to one or two, or even three. (laughs) But Star Trek goes everywhere with time travel. You literally have time travel that overwrites timelines. You have time travel that sits next to other timelines. You have uh, time travel, I guess it doesn't really count, but it kind of counts in the purposes of a story with the holodeck. You have the Guardian of Forever, which is a whole other time travel. and then you have like the the warp, right? The slingshot around the sun thing. Yep. Sling right, kind of time travel. And then now we have just suddenly oh these random things that pop up out of nowhere. Time travel, temporal anomalies. Yeah. So it is baffling to me that everybody in the Star Trek universe, like all of Starfleet, needs to be prepared at any moment to meet themselves with a goatee and be like, run away, run away right now. Nothing good is going to happen. <laughs> or maybe not because maybe what you need to do is become the guy in the goatee, go back to theirs and then reset yours so that you can keep living in the timeline that you're living in because that's how it works. <gasps> that was a mouthful. So I wish that Star Trek would pick like two, Ah, but it, because just for my brain space. I'm so glad you said that because I'm going to mention three or four episodes where we do time travel in completely different ways that are completely different than what we've already seen. More ways? Oh, God. Okay. And, and it's, <laughs> it, it, it's funny to me how this happens because we're not, you and I are not done with time travel in Star Trek either because they love – apparently we really love our time travel episodes. Yes. They've got to be amongst the best. I had no idea how much we love them until I started doing this and went, oh, my goodness, so many of them are really good. And, yeah, this is a completely different way. The anomaly opens up. Something comes through. Right. We now have to deal with the consequences of that. Similar to that, there's an episode in the fifth season called Cause and Effect. Um, where okay. Something like that happens as well. And it's a whole different way of dealing with that. And it creates something called the temporal causality loop. And, you know, it's kind of fun to see the Enterprise blow up, right? We had fun with it in this episode. Oh, this is one that they're in a loop of blowing up or something? You might see it blow up once or twice. All right. Six times. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Before somebody figures out something that can be outside of the time loop. 
Yeah. Um, there's an episode called Tapestry. Tapestry is a Q. It is a Q episode. Okay. And and it's a, so it's Q and Picard. And in this, Q basically does the time travel for us. So he gives Picard an opportunity to relive a moment in his life. Ooh. Spoiler alert: Picard has a um, artificial heart. Oh. Uh, you you first learn about it in an episode called Samaritan Snare. My God, I know a lot about these episodes. <laughs> um, when he has to go get it replaced Mm -hmm. so uh he has an artificial heart in 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 him it happened when he was stabbed apparently by a nausicaan over a um a game of something called dom jot which is like the weirdest game of pool ever well in tapestry he gets to go back and relive that game and not get stabbed and then horrible things happen and then yeah you know and then it's a wonderful life sure sure it's a great Picard and episode, and Q is involved in it, too. And then the third one that I was going to mention here is Time's Arrow. Now, Time's Arrow was uh, the last—it's a two-parter, the last episode of season five, the 26th episode, and then the first episode of season six. And while the time travel in this is a little goofy, they go back to 19th century San Francisco. Okay. Because they have found a— they found Data's head in a cave underneath San Francisco that had been there since 19th century San Francisco. And then a time portal opens up and they get to go back. And this is the episode where you'll find out how Guinan met Picard. Oh, cool. Not how Picard met Guinan. Sure. But how Guinan meets, meets Picard. Right. Because she is back there. Huh. So a little bit of teasing. Can I watch these like this coming week? Sure. Okay. But I wanted to know if there was like other things or if we're holding up. Cause these are like season six stuff. Yeah, I know. So tapestry, I gave you the spoilers on that. Mm-hmm. He had an artificial heart put in there. Sure. Um, everything else you can pretty much watch. I think cause and effect, uh, Kelsey grammar guest stars. <laughs> That's fun. Awesome. Uh, Is he an alien? And, I'm not going to spoil that for you at all. Okay. You just watch that episode and it's, that's a fun one and uh, no spoilers that I can think of at all. Okay. I definitely want to see the Guinan meets Picard. Also Data's head buried is kind of cool. So those are just some, some extra suggestions here in the, in the next generation to go along with, you know, my favorite uh, Mm -hmm. assignment earth from the original series and you know you can always go back and rewatch City on the Edge of Forever if you Anytime you feel like it, right? <laughs> sure. Is that enough talking track? Um I wanted to point just because this is I may be being a little harsh. Obviously, I love time travel episodes. It's this kind of thing. Uh if you've seen the animated series or go back and watch yesteryear, this is the one where Spock fails to go back in time. And because he didn't go back in time, things changed. Yes. So he remedies that by going back in time. But because he goes back in time, not in the original time that he would have gone back in time, things change. But apparently it's not enough to completely change. So it creates this, like, horrible loop that is not really... It's, it's, like, it's like a flat tire. That's how I'm picturing it and i am in no way scientific or mathematical about this i'm just saying like that kind of thing right there makes my brain hurt (laughs) tell me what i'm watching for next week next week okay so um it's time for 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 a wharf episode i uh, yes i love wharf i really do and he, he he's starting to like even though he's in the background you feel that there's something more there already I mean, he's gotten a little bit of goofy lines, and that's about it. So I'm hoping this helps him not be goofy. Very little goof going on in this episode. This is this is about the Klingon Empire. This is about uh, a very wharf heavy episode. Okay. Um, I've got to give you one spoiler. There was an episode in the second season, episode eight, called A Matter of Honor. Okay. In that episode... Riker, Commander Riker, was uh, a part of the officer exchange program and actually served aboard the Imperial Klingon ship PA. So um, (laughs) Riker got to be a part of an exchange program. Okay, let's just say PA. PA. All right, had to be done. PA. PA. The Imperial Klingon ship PA. 
Paw. One more. I. Paw. Paw, 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 I don't know what that's going to sound like, but that was kind of fun to do. Um, anyway, so 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 Riker it, was on there. So Riker was on this Klingon ship. What that basically is setting up is that there is an officer officer exchange program. Okay. So we're now going to see the other side of it. We're going to see an officer at the very start. So it's not really much of a spoiler. At the oh, very start, okay. we're going to see an officer come aboard the uh, the Enterprise as part of the exchange, and where it goes from there. Well, I'll be asking you, I suppose, what your prediction is in a minute, but I suppose I should give you the name of the episode, right? Yes. Episode 17 of the third season of The Next Generation is called Sins of the Father. Sins of the Father. Okay. I think, oh, this is, my prediction's going to get a little into like. I want you to take a moment and think about it because I could see the I could see the cogs gears, turning. Like, yeah, like you really you got something from that title, and and I'm yes. curious to see how close you get on this one because okay, there's some clues there. You could get you could get there. Okay, I know this is a bit. It's going to sound like a little bit of a repeat of Spock and Sarek and Amanda, but I think what's going to happen is Worf's father is going to end up on the Enterprise. And he is going to be uh, not as proud of his son, which that's the part that obviously sounds a whole lot like something we've seen before. Mm. But I think what's actually going to happen is that Worf is going to have to confront his dad, probably in a very Klingon way with some kind of like, I don't know, trial or something that they do. Not a trial, but like whatever traditional thing that they do where he's and he's, he's going to have to be like, no, this is my place. I'm loyal to Starfleet. I think that that's what's going to happen is he's going to have a confrontation with his dad, who's probably like a representation of an older generation that's racist or something against Starfleet. A confrontation with his dad representing an older racist Klingon way of being? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And he'll have to stand up and defend who he is. And go back to Starfleet. And who Star and and what Starfleet is? Yes. Okay. That he's going to have to he's going to have to kind of pick his loyalties, and it's going to end up being Starfleet. All right. I I am. Let me lock that into the giant prediction machine, the GPM. So we'll just do that. All right. I will be tweeting this on the 18th of February. Uh, if you follow on Twitter at Begin the Trek, I think those also show up on our Facebook page so if you do that at beginning the trek and they do get put up when we post the episode at www.beginningthetrek.com so i think that's where you can find us out in the world absolutely and of course you can find us on itunes and google play and where all podcasts or most podcasts are podcast addicts and stitcher right so so please like comment and subscribe like comment and subscribe Right? That's what you're supposed to say, right? Yeah. Like, comment, and yeah, subscribe we'll for hear us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said it three times. Now you have to do it. Sins of the Father, you get a Worf episode this week. I'm excited. Me too. I want to I wanna see more about this Klingon. Enjoy Sins of the Father, everyone. Awesome episode. See you next week. We'll see you next week. Love at first sight. I was about to say, do you believe in love at first sight? I do. Uh, it happens to me three, four times a day, but you know, <laughs> often in the snack food aisle. <laughs> I don't know why I said any of that. No, but I do. Of course, I believe in love at first sight.